Well, today is a, a very great memorial and feast day, uh, especially for me personally. I, I think uh, St. Ignatius of Antioch is a really great saint, and he's an uh, amazingly important figure also in the kind of like the Catholic-Protestant debate. Very, very important figure, okay? Um, so most of you know my, my own background. I drifted from the church uh, in my teenage years and spent a number of years amongst evangelicals. But it was through studying scripture and studying church history that I came back to the Catholic Church. Now, one of the most important things that I read, I would say, really had to do, had to be the ancient uh, Catholic theologians. And Ignatius was, was one of them. Now, he would never have known that his writings would become this important, you know, thousand plus years after he lived. But he's a very important transitional figure from the apostolic era into the era of the church. Okay, So he was martyred around the year 110. So he was, his life and his ministry as a bishop overlapped the life and ministry of the apostles. Okay, So that's why he's this really important kind of transitional figure. Uh, two things I could just kind of mention. Uh, in his letters, he wrote seven letters. And in his letters, he focuses on a number of themes that are were of very uh, great importance and relevance in his time. But two of which are the uh, universal structure of the church based on bishops. Okay, so it's kind of an authority issue that he was dealing with, number one. And then number two, the Eucharist. All right? When you read the New Testament documents, which are written uh, a bit earlier than St. Ignatius's letters... Uh, you see these two issues taken for granted. Apostles have universal authority. They, they have authority wherever they want to go. We look in Galatians today uh, with St. Paul. And St. Paul's, the issue going on is that St. Paul, as an apostle, he traveled all over Asia Minor. He went into Europe. Okay, He made it as far as Spain. Many, many historians believe that he made it as far as Spain. So he, he went all over the place. Syria, the Holy Land, primarily though, more like Syria, Asia Minor, and, uh, and Greece. And so he sets up the Galatian churches. Okay, He founds them as their apostolic you know, sort of authority. And then after he leaves, he's got these competing evangelists who come in and who are contradicting everything that he taught them. And so he's saying, hey, what's going on? <laughs> That's what the, the occasion for the letter of the Galatians is. And he's saying, if anybody preaches to you something different than I preach to you, uh, they're completely wrong. And he lists in the this vice list, he says, dissensions and factions. Those are works of the flesh. So to dissent from apostolic authority, to, to form your own faction and to separate yourself apart from the church founded by the apostles is a work of the flesh. It does not come from God. It is not a work of the Holy Spirit. It's not a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And so it was given in Paul's day, it was a given that the church was run by these Authorities that had authority over the whole church. So it wasn't local individuals who could just kind of like set up their own church and do whatever they wanted to do. All right. Uh, and the Eucharist was also sort of just taken for granted. You know, during in the first few centuries, I'm sorry, first few decades of the church, the Eucharist it was just taken for granted. It wasn't. You know, you don't read through the New Testament and you find tons of passages giving instruction in detailed 
doctrine about the Eucharist. It was just taken for granted. We read about it probably most uh, abundantly in 1 Corinthians. And the only reason why we would be reading it is because it was being there were abuses surrounding the celebration of the Eucharist that Paul had to address. Okay, but in Saint Ignatius's day, fifty years afterwards, in the year one ten, both of those issues were of relevance, and so he speaks directly to them, and he refers to the church as the Catholic Church, and he says it is founded upon the apostles and uh, the bishops that they have appointed to lead the church. So you just can't, you know, as an independent local group of people, you know, stand up and say, hey, you know, we're going to be the church and we're going to do our own thing and just kind of stray away from the larger universal Catholic church. Can't do that. Okay. You're going to go off and you're going to go astray, and you're not going to have the guidance of the Holy Spirit helping you do that. Okay, The Spirit works unity, not division, not faction, not private dissensions. And uh, as far as the Eucharist is concerned as well, St. Ignatius talked about the importance of the Eucharist. So it's such a tragedy that, uh, you know, 500 years ago, so many Catholics in Europe decided to take both of those fundamental truths of the apostolic faith and just flush them down the toilet and just say, hey, you know what? You know, we're going to read the Bible for ourselves. We're going to judge what it means for ourselves. And we're going to set up our own church. Okay? And you know that Eucharist thing? Yeah, that's not important. This is the primary gift that Jesus Christ gave to the church. It's the Holy Eucharist. His own resurrected person, body, blood, soul, and divinity, given to us for our eternal salvation and for our formation in in the life of holiness and, and the spiritual walk. Uh, to say that this is not important, to not regard this as the most as the highest value in our life and in our life as Christians, especially, is a real tragedy. And I saw that with myself as a as a young man, just kind of straying off from the church, thinking I'm real smart and I'm going to do things, you know, my own way. And then finally, by God's grace, coming to the realization, like, who do I think I am? Wait a second, this is this is an amazing gift that God has given to us and to me, and that I am not appreciative of. So I thank God that He helped me grow up and uh, you know see what I was ungrateful. For, um, and so for all of us here, let's never take it for granted. You know, sometimes we get mad at the at the diocese and all this kind of stuff, and and there's reason to, right? Uh, but you're taking two billion people and you're you're welding them together into one unified community. I want to tell you that is not easy, and only by the Holy Spirit and by the promises and the work of Christ. Can that actually happen? There's no way that can be the result of human effort. So it's inevitable when you take two billion people all across the world and you form them into one community, there's going to be tensions. <laughs> there's going to be conflict, all right? There's going to be some hurt feelings and there's going to be disagreements. But we have to remember that we are one. We are the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. And that dissension, faction, okay, these are works of the flesh, all right? 
And that what we have is something so priceless and so beautiful in the Holy Eucharist. This is what Christ died to give to us. And we have the ability to celebrate it every day. How wonderful is that? Let's never take that for granted. Our unity, uh, the apostolic government of the church that binds it together as one with the, with the Holy Father as the head. And most especially the Eucharist. That through an interior conversion and an interior power of transformation makes us one and binds us together in unity. So today we thank God for the witness of St. Ignatius of Antioch. He didn't know how important his letters would be because, hey, if you want to have a Protestant Catholic debate, read Ignatius's seven letters and let's see if the ancient apostolic church was Catholic or not. All right. It's very strong. Uh, evidence uh, that supports that truth uh, coming from Ignatius. And his love and his passion for the unity of the Church and for the Holy Eucharist that he died for, shed his blood for. Thank God for the witness of his life and for the gift that he is for us, this amazing community of saints that we have uh, as Catholics. Let's never take it for granted and let's thank God for it today and always.